Hey there, MuggleCast listeners. I am back to inform you of some excellent news. GoDaddy.com is having better deals than ever. For only $3.59 a month for 12 months, you can get GoDaddy.com's economy package. And with 250 gigs of bandwidth, 5 gigs of storage, and up to 500 email accounts, you can get your own website up and running with success. And as usual, enter code MUGGLE, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out. Save an additional 10% on any order. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Today's MuggleNet podcast is brought to you by Borders. In May, thousands of Harry Potter fans descended upon New Orleans for the Phoenix Rising Conference. Borders was there to take in the sights and share a lively discussion of the series that has bewitched the world with some of Harry's most dedicated fans. Listen in to watch the action yourself. Check out the Phoenix Rising Borders book club discussion at BordersMedia.com slash Harry Potter or click on the Borders banner at the top of the MuggleNet page. Because the spoiler warnings begin right now. This is Bunglecast episode 101 for July 22nd, 2007. everybody hey hey hello welcome to uh what's going to be our first uh first of many 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 episodes of Mugcast where we are talking about the final harry potter book we've all just finished i was the last one to finish um i don't know where to start at first we want to tell everyone let's see there's 130 people in here right now the number is growing rapidly so if you want to add your thoughts to this discussion you can email jamie at staff.mugcast.com he's got his email open and he's raring to go with your thoughts and theories. Um, why don't we start off with a sort of simple, what did you think of the book? Since you just finished, Andrew, why don't you start us off? Okay, well, I have to say, <laughs> I'm trying to think of it as my favorite book. Because there are so many twists and turns in this. I loved Dumbledore's explanation at the end about everything. Um, the ending where Harry's pretending to be dead in Harry's arms was also very cool. And how he came back and how he was addressing Voldemort as Tom Riddle was perfect. Yeah, especially because Dumbledore used to do that, so it shows he's, you know, growing up. Yeah, exactly. That was very cool. Well, it was sort of like the, I guess, with the transfer of the wand, I guess, Harry... Well, I'm not close enough to the computer, guys. <laughs> See, the problem here is that everybody's, like, keeping me away, and I can't talk loud enough. Jamie, move your You are keeping her away. There you go. I can't sit down with your foot there, dude. Um, but I really, I sort of liked how the uh, the tr- sort of the transfer of their of Dumbledore's personality into Harry, in in the sense of not fearing Voldemort at all, in the sense of actually calling him Tom Riddle, sort of came with the the wand. Well, I well it was fabulous. You know what I loved? I loved when he was at King's Cross, and mm-hmm. there was the wreathing child under the bench. Yeah, and yeah. Every time Harry would stick to it, and Dumbledore would go, "Don't worry about that, Harry. It's hopeless." That was a very weird scene. It, it was very <laughs> strange. But when you, reali- rings is blinding when, when you light. realize when you realize that Harry gets wakes up and Voldemort is waking up at the same time, you know exactly who the breathing shot. No, no, I completely agree. It's a very interesting scene, but it is, it is a bit weird. It's, it is extremely like Lord of the Rings. Going to a different place where you know, same oh, yeah. scene, going to a blinding light place where you don't know what's going on. Um, it's very interesting, though. But but this whole book was like that. We saw so much stuff in this book that was completely unlike anything we've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, just before. like um, Grindelwald's prison. What was it called? Nuremberg. Can you say or think? Nuremberg. But as soon as I as I said I said it aloud, Jim was like, Ah, they ripped it out of Lord of the Phoenix. Joe did. You mean Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Phoenix. Lord of the Phoenix. It's like a crossover thing, that planet. I can't wait. Order of the Rings, something I don't like know, that. I don't Order think of it the sounds Rings. like that. I mean, Grindelwald, I mean, we're assuming that he's of Eastern European descent. I, I still mean, have never read sounds... Lord of the Rings. With so a name like Gellart Grindelwald. Yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> maybe. Then that does sound like a very Eastern European thing, so I'm not at all bothered by it. Oh, no, no. I'm not bothered. I just think it's, it does sound very Lord of the Rings. It's a good, it's a good thing. Uh, the Locket. The Locket actually acted on 
Harry, much like the ring would have acted on Frodo, at least if I, if I recall correctly, um, for Lord of the Rings references anyway. It, yeah, but, but I think it was more a parallel between the diary and the locket, not so much Lord of the Rings. Well, in the same sense, the diary acted on Ginny as the ring acted on. Well, I mean, the locket acted on everyone. They had to take turns wearing it. It was getting heavier. He could feel it tightening around his neck. That was just all. That reminded me of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, oh, just, yeah. Just, just, just in the way it behaved and, yeah. and, and everything. I mean, in, of course, once it was open, you know, then it was completely different and it was Joe's own thing. Um, but, yeah, so that was, that was really interesting. We currently have 392 people in the room now, so uh, thank you for those people who have just joined us recently. I was ready to be like, let's take a call live now, but uh, none of that. Yeah, people, I see your Google no- notifier is saying there's quite a few emails coming in already. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, let's have a look. Let's, have a look. So let's our, get to a first question now. Uh, I guess we'll talk about this later, but like, Laura, you brought up that none of the Department of Mystery stuff oh, was explained. Yeah, right. there's a lot of stuff that just didn't get in there. Well, I mean, I was somewhat disappointed that we really didn't find out much about the Department of Mysteries at all because that was supposed to be... Well, it's like the veil. We were counting on the veil. Yeah. To really and the room. Out. Everyone was wondering room. about that room. room. And it what turned room? out to be the Great Hall. What room? Oh, on the U.S. cover. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. It was the, okay, um, <laughs> not the I, Great Hall. That's not, yeah. Am I the only one, though, that I feel like the U.S. cover is slightly misleading. Yeah. Oh, yes. Just, yeah. Oh, incredibly. Just made, like, Completely. Well, we speculated for so long that yeah. they were using wandless magic and pulling yes. things from the sky. Yes. You it know. couldn't have been more misleading. Where was that? What? Well, there, it was the point when the wand flew up in the air and they were both reaching for it. I, I thought, I had thought uh, it was, it might have uh. been the scene when Harry first ran into Dumbledore and then Voldemort was going to show up and break up their little discussion. And somehow that was going to look like that area. Because it didn't make sense otherwise. You see, I, I figured that um, that whole scene was going to take place when Harry and Dumbledore were at the... Uh... Speak up. That's all okay. I'm saying. Okay, well, I figured that that, that that, like you said, I think we're kind of on the same wavelength here, that um, that whole scene on the front cover was actually going to take place whenever Harry and Dumbledore were speaking. Right, right, right yeah. yeah, exactly. So uh, it just... I think the U.S. cover is very misleading. <laughs> yeah. It's we, a nice cover, though. We based so much speculation off I of that cover. We did. The, the U.K. one, we were spot on, though. Round exactly. of applause for yeah. us. Yeah, round of applause. Yeah. Spot on. Why don't we take a quick question now from uh, Kayla, who wonders if any of us cried while reading the book. Oh, great and question. And she says that she bawled like a baby when Fred died. Anyone else? I didn't fall, but um, a couple of tears did, did trickle down my face. It's funny because uh, <laughs> there are several... Moments this evening where Laura just bursts it out. What the is going on? And I just had to die laughing because I've been getting delirious. We haven't slept in so long. We've just been reading all day today. Yeah. Seriously, that's all we've been doing today. Reading, sleeping, and eating. So and- here, basically, here's my thing. I've been a longtime supporter of the... Again. Okay. I've been a longtime supporter of the Harry is going to live thing. And whenever we thought Harry was going to die, I got very upset and I started crying and I cried through the entire chapter and Andrew sat there and laughed at me. Because it was so funny seeing you over, not, not overreact, react like this. It was was just hilarious. Like your voice was like, why is that? that, that?" It was horrible. Well, you know, it was funny. Um, Eric, you got a little spoiled and Eric knew that Harry was going to live and what was happening was I had already read the book, so he he was um, he was telling me on the street, you know, oh this it, this is what's going to happen, and this was today, and I was trying to tell him that because you already knew. Oh, I already knew because I had read it last night, and the what I was trying to tell him was, you know, it's a matter of perspective. So when he came to the park, when Harry died, you should have seen the look he gave me. I was like, what because he was thinking, oh my God, I know someone told me he lived, <laughs> yeah. but he just died. And I'm like, yes, I was victorious. And <laughs> well, I, and I, though I had noticed though, that the chapter after that whole scene, the King's Cross was like the flaw in the plan and lots of crap seemed to be going down. I mean, I wasn't reading ahead by any means, but Every time a character bit the dust in the movie, I or in the book, actually, I, I was just, I, I didn't know what to feel. I, I didn't cry. 
it said you know necessarily, but there were some tear jerkers. I thought like, I didn't where, feel much emotion either. I, Not like that, that Andrew. Some. That Andrew is because we're hard, hard, hard people. Well, like really, Jamie. We're hard people to break. Really? <laughs> Podcasting has strangled yeah, but, us. Um. I think there was so much death. Yeah, that you it was sort like, of removed yeah. yourself Another from it. Although I have to say, last night at the release, mm, uh, emotion got the better of me, and I was bawling for quite yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah. At the release, Jamie I cried. Jamie and I both cried. Yeah, when yeah. The book, like, when we got the I don't believe it. Yeah, it was building up for Jamie. It started like a slow, like I can't believe this. It did. It did. It started, I can't believe this. <laughs> I can't like, believe that. It was like <laughs> I can't believe this. It was the same for me because I got it in my hands, and I got a little teary. But I was doing okay, and then I walk out and I see Jamie bawling, and I completely lost it. I was just <laughs> yeah, like, I was. Okay, I just couldn't take it. it. Could not take it at all. Uh, Seven hundred and forty people in the room. Should we take another question? Yes. Okay. Sean, Sean Quillman asked. We were told in this book that someone would discover magic much later in life. Now, two people have asked me this already. Who was it? Hmm. No, I want to say. I don't want to say, but yeah. you have to think about Petunia because there's still that mystery shrouded around her. Remember my last one? That's true. Petunia, as it turns out, wrote a letter to Albus, I guess it was, yeah. asking, can he, can she be a part of the school? But I don't think she exhibited, that doesn't mean she ex- exhibited magic. Yeah. So. But like, apparently like, did he tell her what, that she though? could? Or you know could? what? Maybe, and this is just me, I almost think it was Dudley. Because and, Dudley and, changed. But not in the literal sense, correct. Okay. And and Dudley viewed Harry saving his life from the Dementors as good magic, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was really interesting in the beginning of the book. And I'll, I'll we all agree that the thing that uh, caused Dumbledore to trust Snape was his uh, Patronus, right? His silver doe Patronus. It showed that he... Mm. Because your Patronus can't lie. So uh, it mm-hmm. showed that he loved Lillian, therefore that he, he was yeah, on the good side. Yeah, that's the perspective I took. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but he, he didn't show his... Pre- Patronus until you mean trusted him absolutely? Yeah. Because he I think he was already trusting him and Yeah, but don't forget we've heard throughout all the books that there was one thing specifically mm. which meant that uh Dumbledore trusted Snape completely and we haven't and she said it was gonna come out in the uh, seventh book. But well, what was it? I am trying to remember because we really love. burned through this book. Wasn't it love? Yeah, I, think no, it was. No, yeah, I no, don't think no, it was no, Patronus. Well, but, but you can't just say it was love. There was something, one event, one thing that happened that caused Because him Snape to do it. gave Dumbledore his word well, that he would protect Harry. Yeah, you remember it was well, and, love for and Dumbledore right. gave Snape his word that he wasn't going to tell, no matter what. Uh, you, you know that that he had made this arrangement with Snape. He said, "You know, I'm hiding the best part of you. That that you know you're committed to, uh, you know, protecting the boy. And so that's why Dumbledore would never answer any you know questions directly right. about why he you know trusted Snape." Here's an email from Kelly who asked, uh, talking about people who learn magic later in life. What about Neville, who turned from someone who wasn't very accomplished at magic to someone who was pretty clever? I, I think that was uh, awesome. Neville was awesome, and yeah. what what I liked about that was. Harry, on a whim, on like a gut feeling, had told Neville to watch the snake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Neville ended up being the one to pull the sword from the hat and kill the snake, yeah. not Ron or It also Hermione. shows how uh, trustworthy he is that uh, Harry told him once to do it. And yeah, it and, and at ri- great risk to his own life. Yeah, yeah. absolute risk I, to his own life. Yeah, there are, he, go on. No, you, there are 914 people in the room now. Reminder, it's jamie at staff.mugglenet.com if you want to write in with uh, your rebuttals or theories that you have about this book, assuming you've all read it now. If you haven't read it, now's please, a good time to hit turn off your Apple audio. W yeah, or yeah. Alt F4, whatever mm-hmm. your nerdy room requires. We're getting quite a few emails saying our camera is pointing at the ceiling. I didn't yeah. even know it was on. I, d- I don't think it is on. So yes, perhaps- it is, oh, yes, it is. Oh, you see video it- off. No, see, oh, this is show up. local video. Oh, no, yeah, seven. Is it? Oh, no, yeah, there shouldn't be a video. Oh, maybe it's just showing this as the last image. Guys, can uh, you yeah, see a light? Yeah. Can you just see a is light there a hand? or a hand or something like that? Is there now a hand? <laughs> I will keep this here until we get an We're email. We're going to get 800 emails. Saying, yes. Is there a- yes, apparently people can see a light bulb. What? No. Said, uh, what about a hand? Sorry? If, it, if no, they no, can no, just no, see no. light bulb, okay. then it's just a still image of... Just, just wait a second. Just wait, wait a second. But anyway... Um, this is intriguing. Man, there's just so much to discuss. What, can we talk about can I talk about one thing? I just want to yeah. talk about Snape very briefly because I unfortunately got spoiled and I read the epilogue, a part of the epilogue, which said that um 
Snape was the bravest person that Harry had ever known. Now, I was expecting a lot more backstory on why he was why he was the bravest person he ever known. So the flashback was very interesting, and it went part of the way to explaining it, but I was expecting a bit more. I, I think you explained enough, and I think mm-hmm. I said to you, Jamie, how much that epilogue really spoiled for you. Because now that you've read it, Completely, you realize yeah. that Snape, you didn't know about Snape until the very last chapter. You didn't know. And, I so, mean, w- I think everybody had a gut feeling that Snape was going to turn out to be good, but I had no idea all the backstory we were oh going to get God, on yeah. him. I mean, and you, you know it was sickening, realizing that he was looking in Harry's eyes because they looked like lilies. Lilies, yeah. It, it, it was just gut-wrenching. Was, you're, you're just sitting there. It was there. awful. It was and really intense. It really spoke volumes to me whenever, you know, Snape was sort of talking about all the people he didn't want to know about his betrayal. Yeah. Can, I, can I interrupt yeah. very quickly and say thank you very much for all the hand emails. I've just, <laughs> I've just refreshed the email, and there are about 15 there saying, yes, we can see a hand. Please, we, please don't email anymore. We, we we can't fit everyone in the frame, so it's kind of useless to tilt it down. I mean, so Laura, you right. don't mind because Laura's sitting right in the, uh, in the view. Okay, okay. Mike, you can rotate it though. Tilt down. Everyone. No, no, because then we're throwing off the placement of the mic. It's very awkward. Okay, there are now one thousand and forty-five people in the room. And good. We're going to get Michael. another email from Ustream <laughs> shortly saying we're crashing their servers. Yeah. Michael <laughs> so, Greenberg wants to know what Aberforth did to that goat because that wasn't explained. <laughs> oh, Any ideas? What um, goat? No, um, I'm forgetting. You know, I think it was left open for a reason. I think, I, I think so too. <laughs> there are some things. W- what was left open for a reason? Uh, oh, hey, hold yeah. on. Some things that don't get into Harry Potter. Yeah. What? Um, Casey asked, "What was the significance in Lily's eyes in the end?" Well, I, was, I think the significance was to Snape. Yeah. Really? Snape's yeah. For Lily. Because yeah. that's what that's what Snape yearned for. I was expecting that to be a bit more explicit, though. Absolutely yeah, I, right I, out. I really but. I don't know. And, you um, know, I was... Go ahead, Eric. Uh, what do you think of uh, Harry's, uh, turn out, family connections there, as as we speculated about? Oh, yeah, that was interesting. That Well, uh, people thought he was possibly the heir of Gryffindor, or well, Dumbledore might end up being the heir of Gryffindor, or something else might happen. Well, Harry's lineage, he was um, related to the Pebbles. But what it just goes right. to show is that it is our choices, as Dumbledore said, because, you know, coming from the same, uh, the same uh, bloodline, and... Harry and Voldemort. Two that, that was people. also something that I've not, I noticed she she was contrasting because Snape had had the choice to go into Gryffindor just as Harry did, but he chose yeah. he chose Slytherin even yeah. though the woman who he loved went into Gryffindor. And, you know, and he said, I think Dumbledore said, you know, I really think we should sort later. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. That. that was really interesting. You speculate because if you think about it, if Snape hadn't become friends with the Malfoy, Mulciber, and, yeah, yeah, all of them, he probably would have been Harry's father. Here's yeah. a very, very, very interesting email from Tilting Windward, uh, who says one observation which may not be accurate is each of the Horcruxes destroyed destroyed by a different person. Voldemort does Harry, Neville does Nagini, Hermione does the cup. Ron does the locket, Dumbledore does the ring, and Deus Ex Machina does the diadem, which, you know, which is like that fire that came from nowhere just happened to destroy it. Yeah. So it was a lucky plot. But that's that, very interesting. That is true. And yeah. they asked if this is relevant to the magic of the thing and that Harry can't accomplish the task Dumbledore set to him on his own and needs the help of people around him. If, if yes. that were true, I, don't I, think, I, I think so too. I mean, I, I like that idea, especially because it is so cool that different people destroy everything. But the book for so long just focuses on the trio. And Kevin was telling me quite often that it was the trio's mission to do this, trio's mission to, and and then that alone. And so for so for most of the book, I was just upset that there, there that there was you know this focus on on Harry, Ron, and Hermione, which wasn't bad. But I wanted to see the other characters. I wanted to see Hogwarts, and and, and there are so many brilliant characters in this world. I was a little upset that we didn't see most of like but, I mean we did because they all got killed. Everyone. They all got killed. J.K. Rowling and her death stick just killed fifty five. Well, yeah. well, well, back to the Horcruxes. I think that it shows that Ron, or not Ron, Harry is the leadership amongst everyone. No right. one would have destroyed the Horcruxes if it wasn't for Harry, but right. he rallied them together to 
accomplish the overall goal. That was goal. so cool. I was very surprised, though, how, how they ended up executing it all, going in a tent, living in all these places. Yeah. I did not see that I happening didn't at, all. That at all. I was just either. expecting them to go into the deepest, darkest places in the world and, like, uncover these horcruxes, but it was like they were just chilling in the tent night to night. Yeah. Which was still, I mean, it was still a great what, read. But. What I thought was absolutely awesome was the uh, scene in Godric's Hollow when Dumbledore said, you know, you see a different kind of magic. Magic isn't only pointing your wand and allowing sparks to come out. So the Nagini acting as um, as uh, the Bagshot bag was just oh, brilliant. Yeah, it was. Um, we have, we've had a couple of emails regarding the sword of Godric Gryffindor asking, how did Neville randomly have the sword if Griphook had taken it? How could he get it out of the hat? Because I think the hat had a magical link to the sword. Yeah, but, I also remember but then, the ones who truly need it get it. Remember, just like Harry in the chamber. Yeah, but it can't duplicate itself. So uh, right, how right, but, but I think I think it, it would act way. like some link well, if so the a hat, Gryffindor is in need. Yeah. And then remember, would, Gryffindor yeah. was the one who enchanted the hat in the first place. Uh, so and and had possession of the sword and, for a long time. And it's quite possible that the sword, as they said, was originally owned or, or you know, was Godric Gryffindor's, wasn't stolen from the goblins. Or oh, yeah. Like, uh, they speculated that, so, like... I think it probably It could was. be rightfully Gryffindor's. Now the hat's gone, though, isn't it? It was burned. Um, yeah, there'll be no more swords in Hogwarts, although... Well, no. No, 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 completely. no. Completely. Well, I don't think they really explained it, did no, they? No, they didn't. No, I'm just... I'm just well, that was Voldemort's... Now. Thing though, he said there will be no more sorting at Hogwarts. Everyone will be still there. No, but I'm just saying, right. what, what are mean, they going to do? Never... Can they repair the hat? Can they? But you get know, a new I, one? I think it was somewhat explained because Dumbledore. You know, we saw in that scene. He said, "I sometimes wonder if we should start sorting later." But who's going to tell that? But is think Harry? Well, on, but sorry. remember in the epilogue, Harry told his son that it was the his sword. choice. Yeah. So I think oh. the sorting house be... ta- hat takes into account. But he said he had so never told one of his kids that before. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, in his Wait. head, it's his own choice, but even if the sorting hat has to suck. Right, oh, right, um, but... Connection lost, guys. Uh-oh. Stand by. What? Stand while by while I attempt, attempt to reconnect. To reconnect. <laughs> uh, just pause. We have a lot of questions to get through. Okay. Okay, I think we're... Are we back? Uh, and we're back! Sorry, everybody. Sorry, it went down. Uh, we have a lot... Loads of emails coming in. Daniel wants to know... Um, he, he thinks the King Cross Harry's head chapter was a cop out to fill in undesirable gaps in story. Do you think that or not? I kind of felt that way. I did a bit of just well. a kind of way. Wait, yeah, that, that's actually well. They didn't explain the she. She didn't really explain the sort of um, theory behind it. Like, how could he talk to Dumbledore? Was he oh, in a yeah. gap between the dead well, and the well, living? Well, I or? think they did because in my mind it was exactly like what Voldemort. Ex- experience when he got separated from his own body with the exception that Harry was good had a false soul and it wasn't complete agony for him but at it went in willing it almost made me feel like Joe realized oh crap I shouldn't have killed him half on France how am I going to get him back in to explain all this to Harry how's Harry going to find all this information it felt that way because it was so random like out of the blue he's talking to Dumbledore again and then at the end of the chapter Harry says is is, is this, this real? Yeah, is real? Like, or is it in my head? And yeah. it was so weird that Voldemort and Harry were both feeling, were both experiencing that because Dumbledore replied, "You know, it is in your head, but that doesn't mean it is real, right, or, or we, whatever." So, we, but ha- but that's the thing that I was thinking to myself. Voldemort was the thing, you know, writhing on the floor. writhing on the floor. So you have to wonder: is that where Voldemort went when he got separated from his body? Into Harry's head. Not necessarily in his head, or because you don't know where he went. Maybe, yeah. perhaps Harry's head, but but all I think is that maybe that's where Voldemort went, and that's why it was so painful for him. We have a slight rebuttal here. Who says that um, Ariana could be the person who learned magic later in life? Yeah, but we didn't know her beforehand. Oh, that is true. Yeah, yeah, that we, is very, you know, very she, true. we didn't know anything about. The whole Dumbledore family was a slightly interesting spin yeah. on it, especially uh, when we talk about Albus, who was talking about how he was actually power hungry in in his younger years and uh, you, you know wanting to overtake the Muggles. That was a really interesting twist on Dumbledore's character. That was what I loved about that because Dumbledore basically told Harry the reason he turned down his position at the Ministry was. Okay, I'm speaking louder. The reason he turned down a position at the ministry as minister was because he knew he'd get out of control. With power. 
Yeah. Some people can't handle the power. Or well, how about the mirror of Arasid? I think that was brilliant. Yeah. Where yeah. Oh yeah. Throughout all the books, you, you're thinking Dumbledore would only see Socks. a pair of socks, <laughs> but then you realize that you don't he really. Think yeah. That. Okay. No, 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 but that's what you Wait, were. That was told. such a shocker. That's what you were yeah, told, but you never realized joking. he saw exactly what Harry saw. He saw his family. That yeah. that was one of the coolest moments in the book, in my opinion. It was very cool. That's true. Laura, here's an email for you from Carla. With the subject, Laura, Laura, Laura. I love her hair. She looks very pretty. Can you tell her that? Thanks. Oh, well, I'm glad you think so. I and look she... like I sat for an hour crying. <laughs> but... there, are also a, there are also a couple of emails, quite a few, asking what has happened with Joe's naming of characters in the epilogue because some uh, people aren't happy with it. What was, I'm not happy either. I'm... I have to say that the, the epilogue was one of the things that got spoiled for me, and uh, I, the names were so obscure I couldn't believe it. Well, well, no, they, they, yeah. Well, well, no, Hugo was obscure, but everybody else was named after their parents. Which seems a little... Albus Severus, Lily, a... James, Albus Severus. Let's face it, though, when you spend that much time and you've met all these heroes and nice people, you'd be very, very... You'd be very, very... Um, grateful. It's a grateful. tribute. It it is. Is. Oh, especially, you know, the Albus uh, with the middle name Tribunes. Severus. And, and, you know, Harry explained that's that they're named after, like, the you know, two great headmasters. One of them is the, the most, you know... Uh, lo- um, what do you say? Courageous. Yeah, yeah, the bravest man I know. You know, that was all interesting that they named each other after, you know, their parents. But it was still a little bit confusing, the names and the way she gradually introduced who was whose brother and stuff. And who was, uh, you know, for instance, um, I like Draco at the end. I like seeing Draco. I was I was upset that Draco wasn't more involved I agree. with Ron. I agree. We have an email from Chris her. who asked, what do you guys think of how adult this book was? Uh, I think both just in, you know, the writing style, because Joe's come a long way uh, in how she's written, but also in the use of her curse words quite a few times, like when yeah. Mrs. Oh, Weasley calls yeah. yeah. uh, Bellatrix a bitch. Mrs. Weasley killed Bellatrix! Totally. Yeah. Oh my god! I was surprised. I expected that to be Neville's oh fight. Oh my god! Yeah. Seriously, this is, and I don't think she got it. There was enough uh, uh, storytelling going on there. And there should have been a moment where it was like, Mrs. Weasley actually killed someone. This Weasley no, killed that, Bellatrix. That line was like the best line in the whole book. She's like, <laughs> "Get away! You will not hurt any more of my family." She, she you... was like, "Not my daughter, you bitch!" It was the best. Yeah, yeah it was ever. crazy. Here's an email from Sammy who says, "How do the authors of the MuggleNet book feel about their hundred to one odds against Dobby's death?" Uh, we'll get back to you on that one, Sammy. <laughs> I I got a little sad, and I think I was actually sitting over here on the floor, and I sort of. Like I was like, no. She was rocking back and forth. I think. I think that was one of the saddest deaths. Yeah, deaths it was so sad. Especially yeah. the way it happened yeah. because yeah. he was so close to. Uh, and there's so little words. Harry took his little body. Yeah, and, like yeah. The little words. And, like, oh, what did you think about him digging his grave? Well, well, yeah. Oh, with, with oh, a spade, with a little little team, not even like a you know a proper shovel, with a little. And then Griphook called him out on that. I was yeah, like, yeah. Hook's like, you're in. Strange, uh, an dude. odd wizard. Yeah. You're, you're an it's odd wizard. Pays respects. Andrew's on video. We have quite a few questions saying that stuff that Joe said she would explain, she hasn't actually it's explained. For so, example, the okay. fact that mm-hmm. Harry's parents' professions weren't ever talked about mm. in the book, and obviously the veil, which is a big disappointment for some people. But you know, there were a lot of veil references in this book. Like at one point, Harry, I forget which character it was. Mm. Was it? Hermione, I think he talked about like feeling like he was separated from her by a veil, yeah. and yeah. Oh, well, that, that was also explained in the Resurrection Stone, that, where they where they analyzed kind of returning to life but not really being alive. That wasn't really the veil, though. Now, Laura, you mentioned it. It was a complete bloodbath, I think, at, at some point. And we've been a few emails asking if all of the deaths were completely necessary, like Lupin and Tonks. No, I, no, they, they weren't. weren't. I, I thought that was. I, I saw that coming a mile away. He did, he did. He's very happy. And the reason being is when Lupin came in and said, Harry, I want you to be his godfather. I knew yeah. he was dead. I knew him I and Tonks were dead immediately. Tonks. Well, like, and I screamed to myself yeah. because yeah, it's sorry. such a parallel. But they didn't make it. really yeah. is between Harry yeah. and Harry Potter's. Yep. And even said Harry not the band, and, but and Harry felt he was shaping up to be just as good a godfather as Sirius. Right. But Harry doesn't uh, Harry doesn't raise Ted Tonks, does he? Because he's just kinda in the background in the epilogue. Yeah. Ted or Ted Ted Lupin, Ted Remus Lupin, 
uh, is raised by Tonks' mother, I guess. Yeah. And it's just at the other end of the platform, they're like, oh, he's but, our cousin. But, but also, they say that he is over their house so often, he might as well just be family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's a very interesting question from New Zealand. Wait, wait, can I say one thing real yeah. quick? Where uh, the, one, the one piece of foreshadowing that really bugged me, and it bugged me because I had already read the epilogue, was when uh, Harry's talking to Ron, I think very early on in the book, they're talking about Ginny, and Harry was like, I'm not going to like marry her or anything. And I was like, oh my god, that's yeah. so obnoxiously placed yeah. in the book. Like, it It's so obvious. Maybe go like this with my hat for everyone watching the Ustream. It's <laughs> yeah, a pretty serious, you know, response that you way. You know what, though? I'm, I'm very glad that I wasn't spoiled because little lines like that didn't jump out at me the way that they would jump out at some people. Yeah. Who had yeah. Like, if you had already known what was happening, it looked obnoxiously placed, which sort of is the reason why it, it annoyed me. <laughs> I, I thought it was ironic the way it was placed more than anything because, of course, you knew they were going to grow up and get married. Yeah. yeah, but they did. I'm glad Ginny didn't die. You know, with how many deaths I'm, I'm not too happy about, I'm glad with who survived. I Maybe really, really... very interesting. Really yeah. It's a question from New Zealand, which I think is a very, very potent question considering the end of the book. Who do we respect more now, <laughs> Snape or Dumbledore? Oh, That's still, a really good question. Still Dumbledore, because... It, this was all Dumbledore's his, grand plan, yeah, it was, so yeah. and yeah, but, he, he had been thinking about this the whole time. I think you said during the podcast at Waterstones that you consider Dumbledore and Snape, well, I Dumbledore and Voldemort as the most powerful wizards, and then Snape under, and you said, you know, by a decent margin, yeah. but now you have to wonder how big that margin was. Snape was extremely, extremely talented with that what? whole curse scene. But saying I, that, saying that now, Voldemort killed him very, 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 very easily. It's true. Oh, with the giant yeah. snake. But I yeah, almost felt like Snape, snake. Snape somewhat took it. He did take in, it. In a he way, because he knew, like a man. He, he knew he had to. He did, yeah, he like, really did. One of the things that surprised me was the portrait of Dumbledore uh, being able to continue to convey instructions and formulate plans uh, to tell Snape how to react all year to Harry and, and to give him the sword and stuff. You guys know that? I mean... Mm. The whole portrait thing, we, we speculated whether they were just personalities or reflections but, or something. Oh, that was full information that was yeah, going yeah, on. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. was but, but see, but yeah. see, that's why I, I think I said during the Waterstone thing that I think that the person may have a choice what they can put in their portrait. Yeah, it was an Choice to information. And per- yeah, the, the whole Dumbledore scene, though, where Harry is – or Dumbledore is explaining everything to Harry really got me because – Joe really put emphasis on the fact that Dumbledore was dead at that charity reading back in August. Yeah. Whereas with Sirius, it wasn't like, yes, Sirius is dead. That's it. She said that about Dumbledore. Yeah, Dumbledore comes back and does this whole scene explaining and every little Sirius. thing. So it was kind of backwards, if you ask me. the thing, though. Do you guys really think that was Dumbledore, or do you think it was in Harry's head? No, it, it had to be Dumbledore, I think, because yeah. even though it was in Harry's was, head, yeah. there was stuff that Harry could not have known. Harry actually yeah. see, got answers that, that, you know, mm. even in the back of his mind, it, you know, maybe his mind fabricated it, which is, you know, you can take that to mean one thing if you want. But I, see, lo- I wonder if, I guess, I guess I wonder if Harry had become versed enough to sort of gain the answers on his to own. To answer his own questions. Yeah. But, I'll have to read it all again, but that was very, very, very descriptive, and it got so deep, it started making my mind go numb. It was awesome, though. I love the whole Dumbledore uh, storyline, because um, it just shows that he's human, the entire thing. You know, people aren't perfect, and anyone who thought he was perfect throughout all the books was living a fairy tale, because everyone has skeletons in their closet, Dumbledore's the same. And people who hate him more now, I just, I don't understand that, because I think I like him even more. Dumbledore's story was so heartbreaking. I mean... I like the parallel between Dumbledore and Voldemort in the sense of the Hollows. Yeah. And during that scene, it it really it stuck with me how he said that Harry, you are the better man, because yeah. it's somewhat true. You know, yeah. looking back at the mistakes Dumbledore has made, it's it's pretty apparent that Harry has made better choices. Um. One question we keep getting is, in the epilogue, uh, we find out that Ted Lupin is kissing a girl called Victoire, I don't know how you pronounce it, <laughs> which sounds, as a lot of people have pointed out, very French, so could it be the daughter of Bill and Fleur? Oh, I oh, think well, so. No, well, we're, we're, they, we're, made, they made reference to that, because they said, oh, if he gets married, then he'll truly be family. Yeah. Yeah, so... It has to be. It has to be. Okay. Has to be. Has well, to be. Well, what's the deal with Bill and Fleur? They weren't even, uh, Fleur wasn't 
is were they in the great hall? Because like like so many people came through the room of requirement to come in. Even Percy, which was awesome, by the way. I know Percy. Real quick, our yeah. Teddy, Teddy Lupin, snogging our Victoire, our cousin. On and I asked and asked Teddy what was he doing. You interrupted them, said Jenny. You are so like Ron. Uh, oh, it would be lovely if they got married, whispered Willie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that sort of explains that. Anyway, again on the sort of pointless test thing, people are asking. Why Colin Creevy died? Uh, that was so depressing. Was I, I, I specifically said to Kevin, you know, because Colin Creevy had been petrified in year two, spent most of year two out. Why would? It, well, no, no, that's not even foreshadowing because. But why? Why would they bring him back to? You know, he's and, like, and wasn't he underage too? I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. they ran into the. They didn't said, McGonagall mm-hmm. catch him and like? Yeah. She was like, well, maybe no, or and, get back And he like said that. when he saw his body, he said an underage wizard. Um, yeah. Who must have snuck in just yeah. like I mean it was heart wrenching, but like I, I maybe maybe Joe used that to represent the underage, you know, wizards who who had oh. been fighting, but it was just I, a- I I also think she was using that as a way to show how disconnected Harry was feeling at that time. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of plot holes though, even in book seven that people have pointed out already. Like okay. um how could Dumbledore fight Grindelwald and get the unbeatable wand off him? Uh, so, sorry, yeah, because an unbeatable wand is an unbeatable wand. So, surely Well, see, but there was a condition to the unbeatable wand, which is it. What didn't they say that you had to be in desperate need of it, or there was a specific condition that you applied to it? You guys, we burned through this thing so fast. We definitely need to reread it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we captured okay, so, most of it very yeah. well. Yeah, uh, I, I'm watching. Jamie's uh, Google notifier and all these emails are coming yeah. in by the second. I caught my, one caught my eye. It said, in all, "It said in all caps." Do you guys hate Rita Skeeter? I mean, I don't know if we can because she wasn't that far off the mark. Yeah. So, really <laughs> you know what though? I think that I mean, I you, still have, hate you have to. Oh, she was awful, and I think that what she said was completely awful. I mean, especially when you found out that the reason. Dumbledore's father went after those muggles was because they had damaged his daughter. Oh yeah, yeah. that that was just something that Bethilda yeah. wouldn't tell, you know, Rita. And and Elpheus Dodge, the character I liked because, you know, he had kind of that sort of undying admiration and faith in Dumbledore, but he was you know, he was wrong in, in, in some respects and that, that there was a darker side that he would really not want to even think about or admit to. And it's kinda, of, you know, he's trying to see the best in Dumbledore just as Dumbledore saw the best in everyone else. Mm-hmm. Laura, do you want to follow up on your question about who was the person that Godric Hollow the night the party died? Yeah, why didn't we <coughs> find out anything about that? I don't think it matters. I was thinking about that while I read the book. I don't think it matters. But but, <laughs> but that, that whole thing was brushed aside, kind of like what it you... really it seems like it was, because if you remember, Joe had specific involvement in the way that scene was shot in the first film. Yeah, and, and right. when we got that recount where, where Harry was in Voldemort's head going to Godric's Hollow, there was nothing extra really explained. Yeah. It seemed like that scene was, was it even... It seemed like she was being deliberately vague on the site whenever asked, it, was it Snape under the invisibility cloak? Instead of saying nobody was there the night the Potters died, she just said Severus Snape was not there, or yeah. was it Snape? I don't remember. But if she, said, if she said nobody was there, then it would have just closed up a big question. Yeah, so, I guess so. I what? Uh, speaking of Godric's Hollow, I liked how they had erected a statue oh, of yeah, Harry and his parents. That was nice. And they kept the house there, and a, a little mm-hmm. thing came up out of the ground mm-hmm. and said, uh, keeping this here in memory of uh, these guys who lost their family, and their family was broke up. So. Mm-hmm. I don't even know oh, how people I... signed it, too. Oh, yeah, 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 that was stuff. really nice. But yeah. I don't even know how I feel about the Deathly Hallows. Like, because whenever J.K.R. was asked, why did Dumbledore have the invisibility? Or, she, you know, she said, completely significant, you know. But it turns out to be because of this other thing that we hadn't previously heard about in all mm-hmm. the Hallows. And, and there seems to be, you know, that focus between Hallows and Horcruxes and Harry's choosing to go after one or the other. But even the Hallows, in the end, Harry never had the Resurrection Stone, the Elder Wand, and... The resurrection stone. We never, uh, sorry, and the cloak. invisibility cloak. Yeah, we never found out what happens if some person were to hold all three. And I understand that Harry didn't want to become the master of death, and he's like, "Yeah, I dropped that thing in the forest. I'm just going to leave it there." And Dumbledore, uh, the portrait's like, "Whatever, dude." But you never find out what exactly happens with the three, and maybe that's you know supposed to happen um, to show Harry's 
contentment, but I, I thought that was a little strange. For the whole Hallows thing, where I wanted them to be the Horcruxes, like we had speculated. You know, I think we, in a way, we did kind of find out what happens, because look at what happens when somebody like Voldemort, who's so power-hungry, gets a hold of a device like a Horcrux. And clearly Dumbledore had that same kind of thirst for power. So what but he if he... not kill for it. You, you, you know, yeah, Horcruxes, was... you have to kill for it. Right, I understand, but as a young person, he was clearly open to ruling over another group of people. But it's a different kind of power. The whole Horcrux versus Hallows thing echoes the good versus evil thing, because when you create Horcruxes, you don't control death, because you, it means you're afraid of it. If you seek immortality, then you're scared of, of the cycle of life, whereas with the Hallows, you just want to, you know, you have mastery over death, so you can choose your own destiny, whereas with Horcruxes, you're more, you're more sort of um, less... It's, that's about your choices and more about, you know, what, what I suppose, happen. but I think that the way that Dumbledore and Grindelwald were planning to use them was definitely not good. No, definitely not. Well, well I, what I liked was when Harry had the choice between going after the Horcruxes and going after the Hallows. Yeah, yeah. he had that choice yeah. twice. Yeah. Once in who to talk to. Yeah. yeah. You know, Griphook or Ollivander first. And then once when he woke up. Woke so, up from what? Well, from his from yeah. his dream. Oh yeah, Dumbledore, because he had the cloak. He could have gotten the wand, and he had the stones the somewhere on the ground. So I'm looking at the emails. There's a lot of good <laughs> questions coming in right now to Jamie at staff.mogulnet.com. Probably the hottest inbox online right now. Right at the moment. Jamie, you yeah. got a, a couple others. Um, Lacey asks, isn't it possible that being the true master of death is to accept it like Harry did? So, completely different from my previous point, is it when, is, are the Hallows sort of a fake way of mastering death, and the only real way to master it is to know you're going to die? But didn't Dumbledore kind of tell Harry that he had mastered death? I I guess, I think think the point of the Hallows is that to become the master of death, you have to sort of accept it, it, and Harry didn't want to be the master of death. He could have done but he didn't want the responsibility, as Dumbledore right. pointed out. But he he knew the power in being. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And, and why, honestly, why someone in Harry's position, who had just defeated the wizard who killed his family, who had just realized that he was going to most likely spend the rest of his life with Ginny, why would he ever want to live forever? Wait, just I'm 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 seeing a lot of other emails coming in about unnecessary deaths, and one yeah. just said. Well, I, Okay, one just said, "Why do you say that that they that these deaths are unnecessary?" Um, it was the question that I just read, and I think that things like Hedwig um, should answer that. You know, the, the death of Hedwig was so sudden, and so and, and not only was Hedwig killed with the death curse, but then her body was trapped in the cage and plummeted in the sidecar of the motorbike all the way down and exploded and was obliterated. That well, was a little excessive. Well, no, no, he destroyed it. Harry destroyed it. Oh, Harry destroyed it. Yeah. I was. I think Hedwig's death proved that this book was going to have many unexpected, yeah, I think so. very surprising, yeah. and yeah. innocent but deaths. Diana here asks, do, and I agree with this completely, do you guys think that all of the deaths were a lot less sad than in the other books? Like, yes! Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I yes. so too, yeah. But it's the whole war thing, you know, you have time to mourn later, but when you're reading this book, you just... No, but we're not, none of us are going to be mourning later, though, I mean... We, no, 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 it's going to... Well, for me personally, I think it's going to sink in. You know, that... But, like, with Sirius, it was just... It just happened. It was horrible. Right. Because it was at the... Just like Dumbledore, too. And and Cedric. It was was one death and at the very end of the book. So, during the the climax scene. So, I guess you could say that this book was very different in the sense that we just saw all these random deaths. It wasn't as surprising, I guess. Like, I was surprised when Mad-Eye died. That was was a shame. Uh, shame. I kept thinking he was going to come back. Because they were at Grimmauld Place and they heard his voice or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, at first I thought that that meant that he was coming back because they didn't recover the body. That was kind of crazy. But then, like, the Ministry had his eye. Like, Umbridge had his eye. I loved loved how Harry grabbed the eye. Yeah. I I don't know. That seemed like a kind of like a foolproof falling into, like, that's one of the things, one of my major complaints about the book is that uh, Harry, Hermione, and Ron, you know, just had this whole store of Polyjuice Potion. They, they they did make a plan, but they just kind of went in there and and just like Gringotts, it was very flawed, very 
kind of, you know, at end of the minute, Harry's just under the invisibility cloak and he stupefies everyone and then runs. You, you know, I mean, I mean, it made, it kind of made sense, but there was no resolution with Umbridge at the end then. And Umbridge never really had a, a scene beyond that. She just slouched forward. And that was the last that the world ever heard of Dem- Dolores Umbridge. Going on from what we were talking about, um, Hallows, well, you were talking about, Eric, about them uh, controlling death and all three of them being together. Um, Arnie says that the Hallows don't control uh, wait, death. Wait, the Arnie? Are you sure? The, yes. The Hallows okay. don't control death. They just avoid it. So the more of them you have, the harder you are to get at by death, which is a pretty interesting point. Well, one of them is so death can't well, pursue you. Right. And the other one is, well, it's it's in the story of the three brothers. Uh, Mo asked, what happened Can to we just, forks? quick d- disclaimer, we're in London right now in case nobody knew and it's 5.30 in the morning, so... Because we, uh, it, the sun is coming up. But so. as long as the viewers keep climbing, I'll be in here. <laughs> <laughs> if we go very quickly, it's because we've had a noise complaint, though. So uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. What about Forks, though? Because he, he, he had a big part at the end of book six when flying around. Why didn't we see him again? We see him at all because well, I, I, because I sort of trusted that when she, Hogwarts. yeah, yeah, and and and, and she wrote in that book that uh, he would never hear that song again, or, or that mm. that that Fox had left, you know, for good. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, I would like to see Fox, but. A leader thinks that the deaths, all the deaths, just underline the fact that it's a dark book and that there's a war going on. Okay, I, the whole time I've been reading this book, I've been thinking about the movie. Where are they going to cut? Where are they going to keep in? Could it be rated r- rated R? It would have to be. No, 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 no. Have to be PG. It would have to be if uh, they filed the book exactly. But they, it could be PG, right? I mean, don't move. No, it can't be PG. Don't move your ratings down to your showing rather than content. Like you could have a million deaths. Well, like, in a movie, if someone said oh. a million people die, that would be It, it depends on the language. It, it depends yeah. on how the deaths are, too. I mean... Okay. The romance you, scenes didn't get too dirty, so you, that's You look help. at how graphic the scene was where uh, the snake erupted out of the filda. Very, yeah. And that's I'm one, really I'm wondering how they're going to do that in yeah, the film. Yeah, but I, I think they could, could do that without having... Yeah, but see, I want them to do it right, because yeah. it's just so horrific that... I feel like they yes. have to do it. Justice, Joe really presented them with something really uh, like strange and, and and difficult to do. And like I'm just imagining the giants walking across the school grounds towards the castle. You, you know, while while Ron and Harry and Hermione and all the students are on the grounds and Voldemort's there, and uh, like I'm imagining that. But with so much else that happened in the book, I think what's going to happen is they're going to sum up the weeks that they were camping. Because Harry, Ron, and Hermione in the beginning of the book. We're just, you know, they were going aimlessly, not even to De- Godric's Hollow, just kind of camping out and chilling, uh, trying to avoid detection, f- until Christmas at least. And, and then until, it was like March before they really did anything, and then they only made it to Hogwarts in May, or, or May or June, like at the end of the, at the very end of the book. I, I thought that was a little strange. Yeah. Still popcorn. Good point. Mm. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, there's a ton of emails coming in, dude. Come on. Yeah. Um, um, Sean, says that, I think that was a reading, he- Hedwig died. What would they have done if she was alive and they were camping? Everyone would recognize her and she couldn't fly around. Oh, and yeah. She was a hazard. I don't know if you would. Oh, come on. He could well, have found something to do with Or Hedwig. they could have disguised well, her. If they, they were hungry, I mean. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Ron was complaining he was hungry. You know what I'm remembering now? I think it was one of the FAQs on her site, or she answered it in an interview. Someone asked, you know, if Hedwig would always be Harry's only pet, and she said, well, he might get a new one eventually. Yeah, yeah. Sure. That was really an interesting. Well, well, he got Buffy. He, he might need a new to, one. He gave it to Hagrid. He might need a new pet. It's such a sinister thing to say. After like, I'm done oh, with it. Here's a very controversial point. Uh, there seems to be hundreds of little holes in the story and ideas introduced in other books that weren't really summed up. And there are a bunch of unnecessary deaths. Anyone think Joe Rowling rushed the book, either on her own accord or under pressure from publishers? Well, first of all, I don't think she was under pressure from publishers. I do think, though... There were a lot of false promises, like we were just discu- discussing earlier in the show, with some things that we were promised to see. Uh, and I'm blanking on examples right now, but we were just there, talking there, about there, there, I think it's safe to say there were, and it's really a wonder if if Joe decided to have more time. I mean, she, she told us that she was happy with the time she had uh, mm-hmm. to do the book, but I, I think I still would have preferred it out. I mean, if it answered anything or just made the book kind of smoother, I, I felt the book was unbalanced at points, and that, that was my opinion that wasn't really I, shared. I honestly like it. I love. I loved it too. And it was I trust so that she put as much work as she thought she needed. Dumbledore, or, not Dumbledore. 
Umbridge didn't seem as rotten as I sort of expected her to be, especially in comparison to Order of the Phoenix. No, I I thought she was Nazi-like. I mean, what was it? Undesirables? They started, oh my god, it's awful. Someone sends an email that uh, has a comparison between Voldemort and the ministry in this, and Hitler and the Holocaust, and it it, it does go along the same thing. Joe hit a lot of moral, ethical messages in this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, persecution of um, minorities. I just maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking too much of the movie now. I just didn't feel like Umbridge was was uh, the sweet and sour Umbridge that we. She was more mean. Though. She yeah, was but more I mean, mean, but she was too remember we hadn't really seen much of her after her encounter in the forest <laughs> with the centaurs. Yeah, well, we heard some really good things. Like we like we they still mentioned Umbridge and Rufus mentioned Umbridge too yeah. as well. That, that she was doing all this nasty stuff. And it was kind of, I, I thought it was anticlimactic just in the ministry. She just slouched forward and that was the end of her. She didn't do anything at the end and stuff. And there was just no room for her, essentially, in, in, in the rest of the book. I you mean, know, I thought that she was completely able to, I mean, obviously she has ties with Death Eaters. And she had his eye on her door. Yeah. Moody's eye, yeah. That, yeah, just, yeah, okay, that was wrong. That was pretty awkward. Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. Um... What do you guys think about the epilogue in general? Because she could have written another chapter and talked about, like, Katie yes. thinks that they could have talked about what people did for jobs. Because exactly. people like these details. Yeah. So all of us why had, did Joe not do that? All of us had really been looking forward to seeing what everyone was going to be doing later in life, 19 years later, 30 years later. It said, I mean, there's so many questions left unresolved. And we had sort of expected that this book was going to close up a lot of fan fiction. There wouldn't be as much speculation, but now we're wondering, well, what's what's the current state of Hogwarts? Who's the headmaster, headmistress of Hogwarts? Exactly, we find out. I would put my money on McGonagall, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. If she's still alive, if she's alive, yes. Yeah, yeah, well, we well, don't that's, know this. It did close up some fan fiction because, like, no, so many people alive. died. They're, well, they're, at 19, 19 years, years later. later. Oh, yes. Yeah, so well, she's, I mean, like, almost 80. There's so many people that book. just died that, I mean, that closed up fan fiction. That put a big gaping hole. You can't have any yeah. more Weasley twins. Come on, seriously. Here's no a, more twinces. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no more twinces. That's, that's here's a bit. Here's an interesting question from Lauren. She, uh, first of all, wants to know about the infant symbolism. Why was he- why was Voldemort portrayed as a baby? I thought that was just because he was a baby beforehand. So, well, he was uh, me. Because yeah. um, he was like a second part of the question was, what was the significance of Harry referring to Voldemort as Tom Riddle? Was he marking him as his equal, finally? We talked about this a little yeah, earlier I, in the show, but mm-hmm. I think it was, it was yeah, basically that. He was marking him as his equal, and Dumbledore used to call him Tom I wouldn't. Well. I wouldn't say that Harry it, was marking Voldemort as his equal. I think that was Harry was being stronger. condescending. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's just to infuriate yeah. Rightfully so, though. Just to, right. Oh, yeah. Rightfully so, I think he, because Harry, Harry knew that what he knew Voldemort didn't. He Harry, was mm, Voldemort's sorry. better, and Andrew. he used that to his advantage. Heather thinks you're very cold-hearted and says, how can you say that Umbridge wasn't bad enough? She was wrecking families that had been together forever and killing wives and husbands yeah, just okay. not having proof. The Think about your family. What if she sent off your father or mother? Okay, How would well, you we don't need to bring my personal family. That's uncalled for, ma'am. But I, I just, I just, maybe I'm just looking too much into the movie now and wanting to see those little hems and she all those things. She just has things. a crush on Imelda Staunton and he wants I do. to see more No, I really do. I love her. No, but I was saying that... See, that's one of those things, though, that will be cut from the book. It's not relevant enough to the final plot of... of well, the, I, oh, sorry, cut from the movie because it's not... They, they may cut Umbridge, but I don't think that they're going to cut the whole storyline of Muggleborns and and those families Wait, being torn apart. And I they think still they need have to. to that they still need to get the Horcrux, smart. which is the locket. So I think they yeah. will include Umbridge. That's right. They have to get they need the, the, the locket. locket. Yeah. But they'll, they'll chop that up. I'm think. pretty sure they will. Like that. That's like the other thing is they like the whole Gringotts thing, and they just you know they merge with the cup and the, and the locket mm-hmm. and. Some of that stuff is just strange, I thought, how it was done, and I would, I mean, there was a lot of stuff we just could not have predicted with this book. You know what, though? Speaking of predictions, and I just sort of want to, like, all of us, we should, like, give ourselves a collective pat on the back, because we were spot on on the Gringotts thing. We really, really were, including the dragon. Now, we didn't find out what kind of dragon it was, and it was actually blind, which was why its eyes were white. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. um, the fact that there was actually a dragon in Gringotts and they escaped that way, I was very proud of us for that. Oh, I forgot that we had even realized but, but that. But it is, it is much easier to come across an Antipodean Obelai than it is a blind dragon who's living underground. So, <laughs> so I just, so Stevie still did model for that, uh, 
for, for that cover, by the way. One of the things, when I was looking at that cover, I couldn't find the exact moment. I couldn't see the exact moment yeah. where that cover matched the uh Like, it looked beautiful, but it, I don't know that it, that should be, like, the cover of, um, of De- Deathly Hallows. I see it. Well, it does I re- see it, too. It was it, when the gold was multiplying yeah. and they fell yeah, out. Yeah, but... Oh, but they were locked and you in. And you could see the dragon, but... I don't know. You're... I don't know. We have a couple... You're missing a couple... I mean, we were sort of speculating, oh, maybe it's the same thing that we see in the U.S. cover because what's through yeah, the arches, you can also it's see the same sky, so. sky color, right? Yeah. We have a couple of other questions. Wait, but... don't turn it up because... Yeah, because then you can't see. Yeah, okay. Come back later. Um, we have a couple of questions. When Snape flew away from the castle, was he, he actually an Animagus? <laughs> was he a bat or did he just look like a bat because he learned like Voldemort to fly? I missed the question. Yeah, I feel like you did. He was too busy making <laughs> I think he turned into a bat. Or, yeah, but you see, Voldemort can fly. Yeah. And he's referred to as an overgrown bat, so was he just flying like Voldemort can, or was he a bat? I think he, he was kind of flying. But, I mean, I it, think we would have found out. If it kind of made it seem like he might have transformed, but then McGonagall was like, he must have learned some stuff from his master, yes. or one of them said that. I think it's just likely that he just really, really resembled a bat when he learned to yeah. fly. Okay, one other thing that um, someone emailed, and I forgot, but now I'm actually quite annoyed that we didn't find it out. When... Dumbledore sends the Howler to Petunia and says, remember my last. What the hell? Maybe the last was Dumbledore rejecting Petunia from Hogwarts? No, he didn't reject her, though. I think he was he, talking about his last He letter. said she could, but she got bitter and was all like, oh, I don't want to go to your freak school. And left, even though she really, really like mm-hmm. sent that letter. Because she was so dejected that uh, Lily and Snape were reading her, her letter that she was like, okay, you know, I, I don't want any part of that, you freak. And then walk out. But I was under the impression that Dumbledore told Petunia she could go to Hogwarts. I mean, I have to read that again, but I I mean, I could obviously be very mistaken. Quite a few people have emailed to ask about what does it mean on the snitch when it says, I open at the close, the close of his life. life. The close close of of his life. It must be because that's when it dawned on him and said, I'm about to die. I'm about to die and it opened up. Yeah, and it was also the, the... The ring that gave him the ability to see all the, you know, his parents and Remus. But and here's the thing. How does the uh, snitch actually know he's about to die? Well, it's Can just he sense the truth? It was enchanted. Oh, Well, because true. it... Uh, Scrimgeour said at the beginning that it had, what was it, like, flesh sense or something? And Harry flesh was... Sense. The, yeah, Harry that was, was cool. the first person to catch that snitch, and he actually caught it in his mouth in the first book. Right, but and how it, does that relate to... Well, that was kind of clever. I, I think that it had to do with him knowing, like... You know, throughout the whole book, you see him sort of messing with it and trying to make it work, trying to make it open. And I think when he really knew deep down in his gut that he had to die. And it was con- he was yeah. confident it was actually going to open. Yeah. Might have been a weak plot device, though. Emma comes up with a very interesting question about, did Harry live or did he die? Because, you know, people have placed bets on this thing. Oh, in, in the set. He lived. He, lived. Well, he also died, though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's it. Will Harry die? So well, what, well, what happens with that? Well, how did Voldemort? Went, well, I mean, Voldemort when he cast the killing curse on Harry ended up killing the the, the Horcrux, the the bit of Voldemort's soul. Well, that was explained inside Harry. No, it wasn't really because Harry still has his scar. No, but it was explained because he he killed only his part of the soul because Voldemort had the protection that Harry was given to uh, by his mother. Voldemort could not physically kill that piece of soul, Harry's actual soul, until his soul Link. was was gone. Yeah, uh, I I did like that scene though, where they where they both woke up, and that that whole climax was really good. I was wondering why Neville didn't die though, because I was under the impression just reading, and I was reading really fast that Voldemort was standing right in front of Neville when he cut the snake off. Like I wasn't like wasn't Nagini over well, yeah Voldemort's shoulders, tried to kill but also that they said that. A lot of things were going on at the same yeah. time. So yeah. what happened was suddenly, at the same time yeah. that Neville cut off the head of the sna- snake and everyone looked towards it, yeah. everything went nuts. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden mm-hmm. they had things charging out of the forest at them. Mm-hmm. They had the Voldemort students crashing forward was to, going to the great hall. attack. Um, Voldemort was running forward to the Great Hall. Yeah. He would, like yeah. everything happened at once. Current, going back to the thing about. Remember my last. Corin says that in the sixth book they explain that Dumbledore's last is a letter explaining the protection of the Dursleys' home over Harry until he comes of age, and that Dumbledore and that letter is the one that Dumbledore tucks into Harry's blankets when they deliver him. That's what I thought. That's what makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, I yeah. didn't think I didn't even think of that. Um, Oops. the um, what was it? I forget what I was going to say. 
Well, you know, I have something to say. Oh. And I actually did, I got an email about this and it actually came a few hours ago, but um, basically telling me that I needed to step up to the plate and admit that I was completely 100% wrong about the final battle. It did take place at Hogwarts. <coughs> I said it wouldn't. I, I was said, wrong. I said it would be stupid if it would actually. And I, I have to take Aww. it all back. I have to take it all back completely because Joe did it brilliantly. I mean, there was well, really teachers, good, teachers yeah. defending no. students in the yeah. great hall, evacuating through the room. I guess, I guess my problem was I had, and I used to work on the fan fiction site. So I'd read so many of these fan fictions where all the students, they gather up on the front lawn and they, they run to each other in this Lord of the Rings X battle. And this was just so perfect the way she did it. It's a shame because I know we're going to be losing so much of it in the movie. That battle's yeah. going to oh, yeah, yeah, so much. Yeah. It's going to focus it, solely on Harry. Like you won't 15 see him. minutes long. I do That's want to see something. that final battle between Harry and Voldemort, and I got so excited about the final battle in Order of the Phoenix with uh, Voldemort versus Dumbledore. My hopes were sort of uh, misled on that one, but this Harry and Voldemort battle is very important, and I want to see mm-hmm. everyone around there. I want to see Molly Weasley calling, uh, calling uh, you know, <laughs> Bellatrix a bitch. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I guess we could say it now since Joe said it. Why yep. can't we say it? Yeah. <laughs> and then, hey, Ron said. I mean, he didn't actually say the word, but through the whole book, he was like effing this, effing that, effing that, effing this. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of uh, made an obscene hand gesture, or or Hermione told him exactly where he could pull flowers from, or stick his wand. Or... Yeah. Oh, wasn't there? Um, who's Merlin's saggy left or something? Merlin's, well, that was that was that was yeah. comical. That um, was hilarious. And was when funny. they were passing Malfoy and they punched Malfoy from under the invisibility cloak, he said. That's twice we saved your life, you two-faced bastard. Yeah, it was, it was. It was very, very strong. Yeah. Um, a couple of people have been asking. They didn't like it when Ron um, spoke past at the time because you can't learn. Anything. Yeah, that yeah, weird. that was weird. Yeah. I didn't like that at all. Slightly messed up. I like that they were getting the chamber again because I thought that was going to happen. I was like, okay, dude, the chamber always exists in the book. You know, in the in the books, it's always there. What's happening in the chamber? And that's been like a really big source of speculation. Like, will we go back or whatever? Will we see it? And Hermione and Ron went back. I don't know that I have a problem with him like hissing or whatever. Like, especially if he could make it like really accurate necessarily. Yeah, I, I think it was okay just it, because you can imitate a language. You can. It's imitate very a very difficult. You can. I guess it just seems somewhat awkward to me because it seemed like Parseltongue was such a rare thing. You know, not that many people do it and Harry could only do it because he'd had the power transferred into him so it just seemed odd that Ron could just mimic it but then she did sort of lead up to it because through the book Ron mimicked everything he mimicked Wormtail's voice at one point didn't he yeah and yeah. it seems like she was kind of leading up to that to Wormtail, to Wormtail. guys yeah. what do you think about Wormtail that was really oh, well done I just done. see an email yeah. about that I like that why did you think it was well done because some people were calling it out saying they were disappointed in the way Okay, Wormtail well, repaid them. I guess it was still it was still crucial, but yeah. Well, if you're in such a situation where you're stuck in some kind of weirdo prison underneath the Malfoy Manor, and it's it's impenetrable, and it seemed like a like a crawl space, like a really weird scene. I, I just thought, like, if you're gonna uh, have to escape from that, like, what a better way to get Wormtail to repay his debt? Because yeah. Wormtail's kind of you know he's not he's not really a very authoritative Death Eater like Bellatrix and Lucius. Mm-hmm. So I thought the death was was an opportunity, and it, and it was well as Dumbledore had predicted. Um, yeah. n- not to break from the point, but I just found something in the book about the wand and how mm. you're wondering why um, someone could be defeated with a wand. The death stick. And Mr. Ollivander um, actually cleared this up, and Harry, Harry says um, – well, Mr. Ollivander says – the, the Dark Lord no longer seeks the Elder Wand only for your destru- destruction, Mr. Potter. He is determined to possess it because he believes it will make him truly invulnerable. And will it, asked Harry. The owner of the Elder Wand must always fear attack. It's, but the idea... The whole th- sorry. No, that's... I was going to say, it's the whole fear thing. Like, mm-hmm. um, if, you are, if you are ultimately powerful and responsible for your own destiny, then you fear other people. It's like... Someone emailed and said that there's a lot of political uh, idealism in this book. And, like, yeah. just that thing, it's very Hobbesian that, you know, you're scared for your own survival. You're fearful of um, of everyone else when you're, when you, you know. Um, but one question, wait, let me just find this. Wait, well, one thing I was going to bring up is what did you think about the passage in the Room of Requirement? You know, oh, well, you mean could, the, the fact that the Room of Requirement could create a tunnel out of Hogwarts? Yeah. Let alone directly to the me. hog's head. It, really it bothered me because what 
was Draco doing all of book six? Because he was trying to mend that vanishing cabinet, yeah. which t- to take to get the Death Eaters into Hogwarts through uh, Morgan and Burke. You know what? They, I think she cleared that up, though, because she stated that you had to be very specific. And they talked about how Neville was really one of the only people who, could who had been specific created, yeah. enough to make it work. Okay, well, that still sucks to be Draco, then, that he wasn't because specific he was, enough. Because he was probably saying something along the lines of, I need to think I of a way to transport people into Hogwarts or something along Either that lines. or I need a place to fit to... <laughs> to fit the vanishing cabinet. Yeah. Something like that. I need a place with a working true. vanishing that cabinet sense. that is a pair to the Borg universe. Yeah. You know, uh, I hate to say wrap it up, but we do have to wrap it up because we've been going for an hour now. Now this, this, easily, this easily is an episode of MuggleCast. There are a few big questions that we're going to save for our road tour and, of course, some more recorded episodes of MuggleCast. What were the other two titles Joe was considering? For the I want to find that out. Who yeah. got the reprieve? I think it was Which two died? Which two died who weren't originally planned and to die? Probably to the Dursleys. What happened to the Dursleys? But, I mean, those, of course, are some of, the, some of the bigger questions. I think the shock of the book, Harry was a horcrux. Uh, because, <laughs> because a friend of ours was very in- insistent upon the fact that uh, uh, he was not. And uh, I can't wait to release that live leaky mug. Uh, featuring featuring our friends at Leaky insisting that Harry was not a horcrux. Well, wait a minute, what's what and Emerson? Mean? Poor, poor Emerson getting mocked and yeah. laughed at because yeah, I heard all that. Everyone <laughs> thought he wasn't. But anyway, thank uh, you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning yeah, in. Thank Jamie you very much. clearly wants to get out of here. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just that I haven't had a shower for uh, quite a while, yeah, and I need go. to have you one right awful. away. We're gonna have have a apparently, place. apparently, I smell terrible. Close the mic, You just yelled, everyone. Oops, I'm sorry. Uh, so much more dis- discussion to come soon. By the way, if you haven't been listening to MuggleCast, this is what you can get uh, when you listen weekly to MuggleCast or free Harry Potter podcast. Just go to MuggleCast.com for more information. Will we even that- be doing MuggleCast now with all the road tour? Will it be hard to get everything out on Sundays? Because you no, guys no, are going to oh, be crazy. The shows will still come out on Sundays. Everyone who's not on the road, road tour, you guys still can, can still get together and record things. Well, if there's, no email, up- if there's no editor if you're not around. No, that we have an editor. Oh, yeah. The guy in Australia. Oh, yeah. Uh, of course. Yeah, so uh, thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll uh, see you soon. <laughs> Bye, Bye, everyone. Wait, Bye. Bye. Bye, guys.